0: Well, praise the Lord, everyone! All right, we're going to try that one again. Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Wow, what a good day to be in God's house, isn't it? Well, welcome to uh, all of you that are here, and some of you that have made your way back to God's country. Uh, the The uh, next six months are going to be amazing. I woke up the other day, got outside, and it was actually cool weather. You know how long it's been to walk out the front door and not instantly start perspiring? Oh, so the next six months are going to be glorious. So, hey, I want to talk to you today. We're going to finish up this series on on, uh, preparing our lives for the Lord's return. But I want to talk to you today about vision, about vision, about where we're going, what we're doing. Last week, we had Jeff Lee here. Wasn't he amazing? Didn't he do a great job? You know, it, and he helped us roll out a, a capital gains campaign. And By the way, uh, we're looking for a team, a committee, to get together to, to operate and to run and to, and to help us chart that course. And uh, Tom Dinan, I know he's way up there, but Tom Denon has uh, volunteered to be our chair well, I didn't twist his arm too much, but, but he's going to be our chair. So if you're interested in serving on, on that committee and getting us where we need to go, that's great. And I would love that because we do need to do some repairs and fix the roof and the parking lot and all that. But the reality, that's not our vision. Those are just things that we need to do as good stewards of of God's facilities, the byproduct of that, which I'm really after, is simply this, that when I learned to give, and to give freely, and to give joyfully, it opened up a spiritual realm in my life like no other, and it's my goal and my desire that all of us, each and every one of us, understand what that really is. So. So the the, but the building and getting it prepared that's going to be a great ministry. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, seeing what God does and all of that. But the reality is that's not our vision. We have a a mission. We have a mission statement that says that we love and we serve and we send. That's how we get to our vision uh, of we love. We love God. We love people. We we serve. We serve God. We serve one another. In within the church, and we serve the community around us, and we send we send people to the around the corner and around the world. We have people from this from this uh, uh, church that are that are uh, halfway around the world. There's those that are in Africa, getting ready to go back to Africa. We have some in France. We have some, and I believe they're in Papua New Guinea or somewhere out there, way out there, sharing the good news of, of Jesus Christ. We're, we're a sending church. Don't you love that? Not only do we give, but we send. But that's not our vision. That's our mission. That's, that's how we're fulfilling our vision. So you ask, well, Pastor, what is our vision? And I'm glad you asked because we're really going to focus on that in this coming year because I want everybody to have 2020 vision. Yes, I knew you liked that. I, I couldn't help that. Our vision as a church, if you want to look look on our website, our vision of the church is to see individuals and families transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ into vibrant disciples that are, uh, are a community of vibrant disciples that are reaching Orlando and the world. If you really want to know what this church is about, it's about the gospel of Jesus Christ and seeing lives transformed. The work that God can do that you and I cannot do. I think there's, there has been a tendency over the last several years within the church in America in general to rely more upon the self-help or the, or the things that, that we create on our own, the programs and the agendas that are, that are driven by us to, to share the gospel. But the reality is The only thing that can transform and the only thing that can change and the only thing that can take a person from the cemetery to a live and vibrant person is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel has not lost its power. The gospel will never lose its power. And as a church, we want to be a gospel-led, gospel-filled passionate church to see those that don't know Jesus Christ come into a walking, living, loving relationship with their creator. Now, I don't know about you, but that's what I, that's what I want to see. I want this church, each and every one of us, To not only fall in love with Christ, but fall in love with one another and fall in love with humanity in general. That when we see people that don't know Jesus Christ, that we will take time to pray. We will take time to minister. We'll take time to encourage. We'll take time to reach out. We'll take time to roll up our sleeves and get to work for the kingdom of God. Because when that trumpet sounds, it's all over. You say, well, what is the vision of the church, Pastor? Why why have you been going through this this, doomsday preppers, preparing our lives for the return of Christ? It's for this one reason and this one reason only. We have a shelf life. And what we do now, right now, the only thing that really matters is people knowing Jesus Christ when you get down to the end of days when you get down to the very end of your own life it's not going to matter what you drive where you live or the CDs you have in the bank not saying that any of those are bad Don't ask if you can have my Mustang. The answer is no. But what really matters is what we did for Jesus Christ. That's it. And here's the truth. The only only way that I'm going to effectively do anything for Christ is if I have a passion and a love and a drive for Him. The reason why you do things for your family is because you love them. The reason why you you serve those around you is because you love them. And until I develop a true love and passion for people, that's going to be the driving force. So what is our vision? Our vision is to see individuals transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ not by my words not by your words but by the words of Jesus Christ that said come unto me all ye that are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest the one that died on the cross that justified us the one that rose from the dead to to uh, to sanctify us and the one that's coming back again to glorify us that same Jesus Christ that's who we live and that's who we have our life in and that's who we're devoted to and that's who we're looking forward to coming back I don't know about you but that's, that's what I want that's what I want to see each and every one of us live out our full potential in First in Peter I'm going to go back a little bit First Peter, here, here he is, and he's talking to each and every one of us. And if you remember, when he first started off this passage of Scripture, he said, be sober and self-controlled, and, and then love fervently and show hospitality. And these were all plural. They were as a group context that all of us together show hospitality because you can't be hospitable if it's just you. You know, I'm going to show hospitality to myself today. Or I'm going to love deeply today, looking in the mirror. Oh, I love you. Uh, you can't do that. It, it's, a, it's a plural activity. But when he got down to spiritual gifts, and we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. In, in verse 10, he said, each of you, notice he shifts from the plural to the singular, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. And we mentioned that that gifts are designed to minister to other people. That God's gifts are given by grace and they're used to grace others, to bless others. And grace, in a simplest definition, is receiving from God what we do not deserve. So when you are blessing somebody with a gift or talent or ministry that that God has blessed you with, it's not to look for those that are deserving, but it's to bless people that aren't deserving. Have you ever thought about ministry that way? Living your life to bless others that aren't deserving. That's what Christ did for us. So he said, each of you received, every single one of us have have a gift, at least one gift. Some of you have multiple gifts. Every single one of us have a gift that God has given us and he has designed us to use them to bless others. And yet they're individual gifts, which means that, that you can't rely on somebody else to develop that gift within you. The gift that God has blessed you with, whether it is uh, you know, hospitality or generosity or, or faith... Or whatever it may be, a word of wisdom, whatever gift God has placed in your life has to be developed. And the only way you can develop it is through a personal, intimate, one-on-one relationship with God. That's it. Nobody else can help you develop the gift if God has called you to intercessory prayer. The only way to develop that gift is to pray. There's, a, there's an element of faith, there's, a, there's an element of trusting in God, hearing from Him. There is a, a point in, in our preparation, in our serving God and, and casting vision and, and fulfilling the mission of the church that requires each and every believer of God to develop the gift that God has placed in them so the body of Christ can be fully whole, uh, have you ever woke up one morning and and, uh, and most of your body worked okay? I, I love what I heard the other day. They said, I, I'm not old, I'm just out of warranty and I need a couple of parts replaced. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's those mornings you wake up and, and maybe, maybe uh, I, I heard this a lot from all ages uh, after the uh, dodgeball tournament. I hadn't seen so many arm slings in a while. Uh, you know, it's, but it's if your whole body is functioning and your whole body feels good, you feel good. And if you really want to be at your optimum, at your best, it's when your whole body is, is strong and strengthened and running at an optimum speed. And it's the same way with the body of Christ. When each and every one of us, doesn't matter who we are but when all of us rise to that level that says God you have called me to do this or, or at least you rise to the situation where God I know you've put a gift in my life and, and I don't know what it is but I'm going to search it and find out and develop it and use it for your glory and when, when we as God's people decide that, that we are going to be who we are in Christ the body of Christ is working as one and amazing things happen it's a fully functioning body of Christ, body of believers. It's singular. I, I, I love what he, Peter goes on to say here in verse 11, because he's still talking about spiritual gifts. now he's broken them down into two categories. He's broken them down into uh, ones that you speak and ones that you serve. So and I, if you look at First at Corinthians 12, 13, 14, you'll see Paul give a a detailed exhortation on spiritual gifts, and even though that's not an all-inclusive list that Paul gives in 1 Corinthians, it's far more detailed than what Peter is giving. So Peter is not excluding them, Peter is just telling you of all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, of all the gifts that are are prevalent in the church, he said they come down into these two categories, speaking ones and serving ones and he says if anyone speaks i love that word if don't you love if 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 anyone speaks or if anyone serves it lets me know if means if means this on occasion that you serve or in in order that you might serve or if you do serve or if you do speak or on the condition that you speak and what he is saying is if the opportunity arises that you use this gift, that you use this speaking gift or this serving gift. If you use this gift, do so as one who speaks the very words of God. Wow. How many times have I wanted to speak the very words of me, but the very words of God? Have you ever thought about that? And I know he's talking about spiritual things. but You know, scripture says that when we're speaking the word of God, it's always going to be uplifting or edifying or encouraging. How many times do we uplift people? How many times do we edify people? How many times do we encourage people? You know, like that when that driver cuts you off, you want to encourage him. Here's what. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 14, 26, he said, What is the outcome then, brethren, when you assemble, each one has a psalm or a teaching or a revelation or a tongue or an interpretation? He said, Let all things, all things be done for edification, for the building up of the body of Christ. Doesn't that speak to motive about love? about lifting somebody up, about encouraging them, about blessing them. Here's what what Ephesians 4.29 says, Don't let anything unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up, that they may benefit those who listen. Our words, no matter whether, that when we speak to one another, should be uplifting, should be encouraging, should exalt one another, should bless one another should inspire one another. Proverbs eighteen twenty one says that our words have the power of life and death. It says the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love life will eat its fruit. Have you, you ever been belittled? Disparaged? Ridiculed? It hurts, doesn't it? You think words don't really sticks and stones may break my bones but words can never hurt me? And, well, that's a big lie. Because words can shape you and form you. I've seen little little kids that, you know, from the time they're little, they they're told that they're no good or you know, and their parents don't don't spend any time with them or belittle them or in a negative fashion and they grow up and their personality is shaped and formed with these ideas that they're not good enough, they're not sufficient enough, they're not enough. Words, and I've seen others that, that we, where they've been encouraged and blessed and, and, and inspired and you see these young men and women that think they can do anything and you say, well, what's the difference? Words. Words. When when we speak, let me ask you, when, when we speak, are we, are we speaking life? Are we speaking hope? Are we speaking encouragement to one another? That's, that's the, the essence of, of the gift, gifts that the, the Holy Spirit gives us, that, that when He when He allows us to be used or by Him to speak, it's always going to be uplifting and edifying and encouraging, but it extends beyond that to, to our very words every day that, that we should be looking for ways to bless people, to encourage people, to lift people up. It goes with the teachings of Jesus when, when he said, if, if, a, if a man wants your, your coat, give him your shirt also. Or if if he wants you to walk a mile, walk two. If somebody slaps one cheek, turn the other cheek. What, what was Jesus saying? He's simply saying this, Bless those that despitefully use you. Pour blessing on them. I love, I love the one that said, when you, when you bless those that despitefully use you and you do good to those that, that are mistreating you, it, the scripture says it's like heaping coals of fire upon their head. This is, I, I think I've told you this before, this was my mother's interpretation, right? That by being nice to somebody that was mean to you, you can pour hot coals on them and just burn them up. <laughs> I don't find much godliness in that. <laughs> what, what that what that saying simply means is this. They lived in a time where they didn't have matches and they didn't have big lighters and they didn't have... Uh, You know, a gas stove that started by themselves. All their food and all their heat and everything else revolved around the fire. And you had to keep the fire going. And if the fire died out, you could go to a neighbor and say, Hey, can you lend me some hot coals? And you could go back and rekindle your fire in your own house. And what the scripture teaches us Is when somebody isn't uplifting and edifying and encouraging. When somebody does say something or does something to you. When we turn around in kind and we're generous and we're kind and we're loving and we're forgiving. We're giving them coals to restart their relationship with God. you have any opportunity, well I don't even know I'm on this, but man, I'm, I'm here, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meddle. Um, you have a relationship in your, in your life right now that you need to offer some coals? It's tough. It's not always easy, and it takes your time, it takes your strength, and it takes from you. But the end result is amazing. Peter said, if anyone speaks, they should do it as one who speaks the very word of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. I love that word strength. It's not like dunamis or dynamite or power. It's, it's, it's almost like an intuitive understanding within us. Do it with the understanding that God provides. Because if you're serving other people that are not grateful... You ever brought somebody something and then they just like oh, I don't like that. You know, you go over to Krispy Kreme and you wait till the lights on. And You get donuts for them and then they you take it to them and no, I don't like those. Those have holes in them. It kind of gets you, doesn't it? And if you're ministering under your own strength, in your own understanding, what happens is we we become resentful and bitter and we think how dare they I gave my life I gave part of my life I gave that to them I served them and look what they've done here's Jesus and he he came to to serve and while he is on the cross he says father forgive them they really don't know what they're doing. And when it talks about the strength God provides, it's that keen understanding that when when you're serving, you're serving as unto the Lord and not unto men and whether they appreciate it or they don't appreciate it whether they talk well of you or evil of you doesn't matter because your your understanding is i'm serving because god has asked me and god has called me to bless others see it's not about it's not about whether people are deserving because we're serving under the grace we're giving giving freely of ourselves to those that that aren't deserving but we still give and we give because we have that understanding we have an understanding in us that we we give and we serve because God has called us I remember when I was a young man we had hadn't been going to church that long and I really wanted to just do anything for the Lord I could. You ever been there? Just, you just wanted to do anything. So I, I got the great responsibility of uh, cleaning the church on Saturday night, getting it ready for Sunday. And I remember, you know, they had pews like this, and you take the vacuum and vacuum. But most of the younger guys were down in the gym, and I could hear them down in the gym playing basketball. But God had called me to serve, vacuuming and picking them up, up leftover Happy Meals and, and diapers that should have been thrown away but were left in the pews. And, and I remember vacuuming through there, and, and, and a couple of times I, I, I almost had that thought hit my mind that, oh man, I don't know who they think they are, they should be down here serving too, and and I worked through that, and I said, God, it's to you be the glory. And, and I started talking and praying and, and, and singing praises to the Lord, and the presence of God overwhelmed me. And while everybody else was doing, and there's nothing wrong with playing basketball, I love playing basketball. In fact, the older I get, the better I was. But, but there's a time for everything. But God had called me at that time, at that moment, to serve and when I got to the place that I would serve and I would serve in the strength God provided knowing that it didn't matter what everybody else was doing this was a personal thing between me and God and as I began to to clean and vacuum God began to speak to my heart and here's what the amazing thing was yes yes now, now, some of you, uh, most of you, Marge, you're supposed to be over here. You're not supposed to be over there. Uh, because most of you sit kind of in the same place every Sunday, and, and I get that. And, and I don't mind that because I can look out, and if I see somebody's missing, it's like, hey, that person's missing. Where are they? And so I get that. I understand that. That's it, it, a thing. Uh, but as I started vacuuming, and, and I would think about the people that would be sitting in those the Lord started speaking to me about things to pray for. In that whole time uh, of no one knowing I was there, no one knowing that I was vacuuming, God was preparing me to, to teach me how to minister to other people. How is God teaching you today I'm going to ask our praise team to come back we, we have been talking for the last several weeks uh, on preparing our lives for the Lord's return and I find it amazing absolutely amazing that everything that he, that Peter talked about, about our our lives being transformed and prepared for the Lord had nothing to do with how much we studied and how much we uh, did anything else for our own edification, but how we blessed others. Don't you think that there's a, a truth to be found? Remember this, the story of. In Matthew 24 and 25, where Jesus is separating the sheep and the goats, and he's he's separating the sheep and said, Blessed and enter in, because when I was hungry, you fed me. And when I was naked, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you came to visit me. And when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. And they looked at him and they said, well, Lord, when did we do that? And he said when you've done it to the least of these you've done it for me and I think today right now at the end of this series God is calling you and I into a personal relationship with him To discover the gifts that he has given us and to use them for his glory. You say, well, pastor, I already know what my gifts are. Well, I pray that God, you use them and that God gives you more. But it all begins and ends with that personal relationship with Christ. And if you really want to understand who you really are, through, it doesn't come necessarily through the self-enrichment programs and the one, two, three steps that, that our culture loves to provide. It always comes through offering a helping hand, through blessing somebody else, offering a word of encouragement, doing something for somebody else with no other motive than love.